2: just
0: Hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast, Hi, it's Top Two Guys Smoke Shop here in Salem, New Hampshire at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Thank you to Ed, uh, Ed, uh, Sullivan, our fine, fine producer who, uh, who, uh, does this show with us every single week. Now we're back to weekly.
2: And I love it. Every single week, We're back weekly
0: now, thanks to Climate Design Systems, Nina Rover Climate Designs, uh, JGs, and a whole bunch of other sponsors that uh, came on board during the election. And so I kept telling people during the election, like, I didn't know you had a show. I'm like, well, yeah, because you don't pay attention. (laughs) That's why it's the name of the show, right? So I told everybody after the the election's over, you have to pay attention because we're going to keep talking about local stuff. I found that, you know, this is now approaching our second anniversary? Yeah, Third anniversary must be. And, and what, we, what we figured out during this whole election process Doing all the debates and the interviews with the candidates Is that, you know, talking, talking national politics Having Paul come in and talking national politics And abortion and all that People can get that anywhere And nobody was really willing to sponsor We had a couple of sponsors But, you know, it wasn't what we expected it to be And the minute we went local We had sponsors, like, climbing over each other Trying to get onto the show So we're going to try to keep the show local I've got a little buzzing in my uh do you know what that is? I mean I can get uh, through it, but if
2: Do you got a, a phone anywhere near
0: anything? Uh I don't think so, but we'll we'll try to do it. So uh after the election, we had our first after-election show last week with Neil Perry, the newly elected mayor of Methuen. He is going to be doing a weekly Methuen mayor's report here on Paying Attention. Um, he's worked that into his whole philosophy of transparency, and uh, we're going to be taking questions from audience members when things get really contentious, and you know, maybe they want to build a school or lay people off or whatever, and people can come and they can ask questions of the mayor. That'll be fun. And so this week, what I wanted to do was there was an awful lot of talk during the election about the school department. And the missing money and the overspending and the superintendent. And because there was no school committee race, you had five people. Shame on you people, of no one. Five people running for six seats on the school committee. Given everything that happened in the school department over the last two years, shame on you. There should have been 20 names on the ballot. But because we didn't have a school committee race, we didn't do a, we didn't do a debate for the school committee. And we were asking the council candidates and the mayor candidates what they thought about what went on in the schools. And we didn't really get a chance to get, other than Nick DiZaglio, who, you know, we can, we can do a whole show on that, I guess, um, who just basically doubled down on all of his decisions, uh, and DJ Deeb. But, so what I thought was to have uh, Jaina Zani Pashi, who's a member of the Methuen School Committee, come on today, uh, not only because she looks great, but also because she's one of the people, one of the two people on the school committee that voted against giving Judy Scannel a platinum parachute of retirement on her way out the door. She's one of the few people on that school committee who actually asks any questions. Uh, there's been an audit that's been woefully undercovered by the media locally. So I thought we'd have her come on the show and talk about all this kind of stuff. And, you know, just seeing your smiling face makes uh, me happy.
1: Thanks, Tom. And I was disappointed, like you said, there weren't, you know, there weren't enough names on the ballot for school committee. And quite honestly, I expected there to be a contentious race and, and, you know, it's, it's upsetting because we did have so many parents come out and so many people come out when the deficit came to the light of day. And then, you know, what happened? I don't know. People kind of put it away and forgot about it, I guess. And the schools are so important to our town. It was just disappointing to see that. You know, the the coverage wasn't there during the election. And I know it was, you know, an uncontested race for the most part. But people should have been asking those important questions to the, the candidates.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that frustrates me is um, everything that happened, <clears throat> you would think that people in Methuen, you'd have 20 people on the ballot running for this spot, these spots. And instead what you had the person, the only incumbent running for reelection that voted to let Judy Scannell get a platinum parachute, Sue Nicholson, top the ticket. It was disgraceful. I mean that 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 in and of itself. This should have been there should have been ten candidates, and she should have come in last for, for her vote. She paid no price. Nick DeSaglio paid no price. Um, DJD paid a price because he lost the election, but he he was he was very close. He was twenty eight votes away from winning. So the people who made all of these bad decisions and looked the other way and and made excuses for the bad management <coughs> of the schools none of them paid a heavy price for it. And I look at you as the only incumbent that was running for school committee that voted against all of this baloney, and you didn't even come in first. It broke my heart. (laughs) That's okay. Thanks. I
1: appreciate that. But, you know, it's sad, too, because I think just what you said even shows that maybe people aren't paying attention the way they should be. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think the average person understands, and even all those parents and those teachers that we had during that whole layoff crisis Mm -hmm. and you know, the whole do the right thing, uh, momentum and everything, you know, those people were misled first of all. And second of all, I think that after it was solved, nobody really followed through. Like you said, with the audit, Mm -hmm. I have been telling anybody who will listen about it and people don't know. And that includes one-on-one conversations that I had for some of the candidates, even for counselors, um, this past election. Nobody even knew this audit existed. Right.
0: I think Neil Perry's the only one that brought it up and said that he read it. I think every other single candidate had, had no clue that there even was an audit going on.
1: People still think it's sped. Right. They still think that that was the, you know, taxing issue. And it is a taxing issue with our schools. It's going to be a taxing issue with any school um, in any region. But there were there were other things going on here. And... Um, Again, it was just—it was really upsetting for me. And and I actually really like Sue. I get along well with her. But in terms of political views, she and I are probably on polar opposites right. of where we vote. Well, we she's there rarely to rarely have the same. Sh- vote.
0: She's there to protect the insiders. Well, and every every major vote that came up that had to do with protecting an insider, she took the side of the insiders. And I get it because she's Mr. Nick's you know widow, and that she's been there forever, and she knows all the insiders, and she knows all the ed- educators and the administrators. But when you get elected to the school committee, your job is to first represent the taxpayers and the kids, not the insiders. It's one of the reasons why I'm frustrated with Mr. Vogel, a Vogler, who, you know, got there and just protected the insiders for the entire time he was there. I mean, it's, it was infuriating.
1: And it's hard too, right? Like, you look, you look at people, and I, I really philosophically believe that a parent on the school committee is an important person. Now, not to say that someone who doesn't have children or doesn't have children in the school system won't be a great person on the school committee, but, um, you know, I look at myself, I am, I look at you too. Thanks. I'm a lifelong <laughs> resident of Methuen. I'm a parent. I'm a homeowner. I'm a small business owner and I'm a landlord. When you talk about being fully vested in this community, there's nobody that's more fully vested than I am. Right. So the decisions I make are going to impact not only my children, but they're going to impact my life in so many ways for a very long time. Right. Um, You know, and it gets frustrating, I think, um, with Sue, too, maybe there's some empathy there, right? She's been a superintendent. She, um, you know, maybe she's been in that position. But with my line, with my profession, you know, I have to disassociate myself. I have to take the emotions out of everything I do on a daily basis. So when it came to the superintendent vote... For me, it wasn't an emotional one. And you know, of course you feel bad with some of the decisions you make, but it's about setting precedent. And it's about doing the right thing for lack of a better term. Um, And I don't think the board did.
0: No, they, 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 did. they did a horrible job And I've been saying since day one I still want to know how it happened Everyone else wants to sweep <clears> it under the rug Except for you and Jane Tally. Everyone else said, oh no, we have to move forward For the sake of the children We have to move forward, look to the future And if you don't know how you got here If you don't know the shenanigans that happened That put you in the position that you're in It's gonna happen again And we don't know And I'm, and I'm just gonna say in a general way We don't know if they weren't Politicians in Methuen who said to Judy Scandal two years ago, hey, I know you're not certified. If you don't hire my nephew, if you don't hire my son-in-law, if you don't give a contract, an outside contract to my brother-in-law's company, then I'm going to out you to the press. We don't know. And if you look at the school department, there are an awful lot of people working there who are related to politicians in Methuen. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a reasonable expectation for people like mm-hmm. me on the outside looking in saying, hey, wait a minute. Uh, why did you guys just let her retire not conduct any investigation at all and just move on for the sake of the children. Um, I, I, I still want to know names. I want to know how this happened. I, and I hope that the new school committee coming in, Jana, uh, Jana, it's Jana! <laughs> I get yelled at all the time because it's Jana do and okay, Jana. you okay though. You usually do I'm, okay. I'm getting better. I'm getting better because I'm spending more time with both of you. Um, but what I want to see is when the new school committee comes in, I want them to say, look, we don't care what happened before we got here. We're not, we're not going to investigate Judy Scandal per se because that's being settled in other ways. But we want to investigate who else knew and how did this happen. She was not certified to be a principal while she was a principal and applied for the job. There was an entire search committee that was put together by the school committee back then whose job it was to vet the backgrounds of all the applicants. And they put her forward even though she wasn't certified to be a principal while she was applying for superintendent. I want to know how this happened, and I also want to know: Did Brandi Kwong know about this? Did Did Ian Goslin know about this? And I'm just I'm just throwing out names. I'm not saying them particularly, but did people in the administration know about this? Did they get any favors for keeping quiet about it? I want to know, and I think a lot of other people want to know. And all we've heard is, you know, <laughs> the, what I call the Nick Disoglio defense: move forward for the sake of the children.
1: Yeah, I think children need answers too, right? Like <laughs> me, me no, too. Really, I I, I like kids. that
0: answer a lot. No,
1: but I have kids. And kids understand rules. And for me, this was a very basic rule. And it was disheartening, right? So you have to understand the whole scenario, too. So when I was elected, this all happened very early on. Um, I only dealt with Judy Scannell as superintendent for, I think it was like eight months. I think it was around August um, when this, this whole thing came mm-hmm. about. So those were the only interactions I really had. And it was tough. It was a tough eight months. I bet. There's no doubt in my mind that a lot of people knew. And I don't even know if it was about favors or anything. I think in Methuen, that good old boy network is, hey, if you're doing the job and I think you're good at it, you're good, don't worry about right, it. Right. And that's a problem for me. Because look, I'm an attorney, right? If I, I do personal injury law, okay, I you get into an accident, I represent you, I get you more money than you could ever imagine. And you say, oh my God, Jane Azani is the best you know, attorney ever. If I don't have my license, guess what? Yeah. I'm going to jail. Yeah. So... For me, it's, it's, it's very black and white. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't in that, in that scenario. And it was disheartening. And then you had Mayor Jujuga, who wasn't even part of right. any of these meetings. Right.
0: The absentee mayor.
1: The absentee mayor. And, uh, well, especially on the school side. And, unfortunately, you know, it was his philosophical belief that he shouldn't be there. And we needed we needed that leadership, I think, through this whole thing. Because
0: without him, you've got Nick DiSaglio running the meeting, and he didn't really know. Like, you know, he's a nice kid, and he's a smart kid, but he doesn't know how to run a school system. The guy's like an HR guy from Boston running, you know, running some HR department. He doesn't know the inner workings of of school systems. And he's running this these meetings, and I, I have to admit he did a pretty decent job at some of it, but... He's not the mayor. He's not the guy in charge. He's not the guy that signs the checks. That's the person that should be sitting there running those meetings.
1: And even if I disagree with a lot of what the mayor believes in or says... I still want the mayor there. Right. You know, you can disagree without be- being disagreeable. And I think that's a really- That's important- hard
0: for me, but I, I know you mean <laughs> in general. Well,
1: right? I have to, right? If I, if I, I mean, I disagree on a daily basis. So, you know, if I didn't get along with those people, I think I wouldn't be able right. to talk to half the people I associate with. So, um, it, it, you know, it's okay. But we we needed leadership and we needed- the truth to come out and you know i'd love to see some sort of investigation i don't see it happening and i don't say that because i don't want it
0: would you make the motion
1: so there's a lot to there's a lot to to talk about before it even goes that far we had the opportunity and the way that investigation would have been run and you know i've had some people come up to me saying hey, it's so great that you voted against Judy, Judy Scannell and that was the right thing to do. And you could have saved the town hundreds of thousands of dollars on her pension. I don't want to take that credit because you have to understand the pension was not ours to take or to give. Right. That was off the table. What it would have that's, that's up to the retirement board. That had nothing to do with the school board. What my vote no was, was it was to term her employment, which would have initiated investigation. Right. That investigation then could have trickled to the retirement board and maybe could have done something, but they it wasn't our They would have taken it into
0: consideration.
1: But we would have found out who. Right. And to be honest, Tom, you know, maybe they'll get mad at me, but hey, it is what it is. You know, there were people on that board when I kept asking, who knew, who knew, who knew, that said, we all knew. And I felt like saying, no, we didn't. Yeah, no, 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 I, no, I certainly didn't. What do you mean, didn't. we keep Wasabi? Yeah, I certainly didn't. And if you go back to the first... Few um school committee meetings that I ever attended, and I I get it, like people see my last name, they think that I've had this, you know, long political career just because of my father. This is my first go-around. Mm-hmm. This is my first time in politics ever. So I'm still a newbie um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, when we had those first meetings, Every single time I asked a question, I would get yelled at by mm-hmm. Mayor Jujuga or by other committee members. Mm. I would literally, and I'm not understanding this, get yelled at for lacking faith in the administration that I had <laughs> before me, which is she ironic. She imagine?
0: Just imagined, right? Which is
1: ironic, and it was like this whole... That's narrative. usually
0: the first red flag. If, if, if you're asking questions and they get mad at you, that's usually a red flag.
1: But again, I come from the mentality of you know, you do your job and you expect other people to do their job. So I don't have a reason to distrust anybody in doing their job until they give me a reason to distrust them. So I'm going forward, I'm taking everything at their word. And when I, when I try to ask questions about it again, now I'm getting yelled at and I'm getting, uh, you know, you lack faith in the administration. Well, no, I just, I just would like an answer for this, you know?
0: I would have just said, yes, actually, I do. So now please answer my question.
1: Well, you know, maybe I would do that this time yeah. around. But again, um, nobody doubts that Judy Scannell was a nice person. Nobody says that, you know, I, I really do think she was a great teacher. I re- I never had her, but had I remember her. She cared about the up-
0: kids. And, like, there was a lot of good things about Judy Scanlon. We actually talked about that on the show before all this stuff came up. But, you know, you could be the nicest guy in the world and be a police officer. But if you didn't go through the academy, if you didn't get your gun training and you're out there arresting people and we find out, you could be the greatest guy in the world that volunteers your time at the Y with kids every day. But you're not certified to be a cop and you got to go.
1: And it's not about that, right, Right. at the end of the day. It's just not. And, again, going back to my original point, I know you think it's funny, but children do need to learn – these lessons, right? And we teach children about rules, and I think we sent the wrong message. I
2: agree with that.
1: You know, I, I mean,
0: I, and I agree with everything she says, so it doesn't really matter. No, right? you
1: definitely don't. <laughs> you know? Definitely, definitely. But
0: so we we talked a little bit about the audit. Um, I know Neil was, I think, the only one that, that talked that said that he talked that he read the audit. Um, you brought the audit. I did. And so, I, what I'd like you to do, if you can. Um, and I know people at home are gonna be like, oh, it's an audit this is gonna be boring. Trust me, this is not really gonna be really interesting. There's gonna be nothing boring about this at all. So after we find out that Judy Scannell uh overspent by four million dollars, which by the way is criminal and was and she and she never paid a price for that. Um, she came to the city council with Nick DiZaglio standing next to her and said that it was all special ed funding. And those of you who follow me on Facebook know that I was live during that meeting and I'm yelling and throwing popcorn at the TV going, she's lying, she's I remember lying. I doing that. <laughs> and I'm getting hate mail from people saying, uh, how, what's your evidence that she's lying? How can you possibly say that? You're questioning her. She's of impeccable integrity and come to find out that she actually was lying, right? Yeah. So let's talk about it.
1: So you have to go back to, too, you know, even before I got on the school committee Judy had a history of using these scare tactics. This wasn't the first time that she gave pink slips. And our teachers in Methuen are fantastic. Like I said, two of my kids you'll are have already to con- in You'll the have school. to
0: convince me of that. Maybe you know what? Talk to, talk
1: to my kids. My kids are flourishing. I'm a product of Methuen schools, Tom. So It was a know.
0: different age, though.
1: But the teachers are the same. And every teacher I've had interactions with... They're phenomenal. They want to help. They want to go above and beyond. And again, until I have a reason not to believe from one particular person, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So
0: you see, I look at the product, and you, and your friend Janet Dina, and I have had this argument often because I sat on a school committee. Her Lawrence. kids are
1: brilliant, by the way, as they well. They are.
0: But you, so, so because her kids are brilliant, you can't measure the rest of the school system based on her kids.
1: But their products what are I, the
0: Methuen school But what system. I see is, I look at the product. I look at the overall product, and these kids that are graduating, they can't read a traditional clock. They can't fill out a job application. They can't do Math, they can't put a comma in the right place, but they all know about abortion, they all know about global warming, they all know about transgender bathrooms. That's what they're learning in the schools. And what's frustrating for people like me who want the schools to be better and teach kids how to go out and get a real job and I don't know, dangle a participle once in a while when you're writing a sentence, I want them to be adequately educated in the basics and instead they're learning politics. You know, they're learning Martin Luther King was a great guy, but they're not learning why because they're not allowed to read the letters from someone because it's got Jesus Christ in it and it's got his faith in it. And so they're being taught half things here and half things there. And these kids are graduating knowing all the politics that global warming is an existential threat to the planet, but they can't add three and five.
1: (laughs) So I respectfully disagree with that. Okay, you're
0: you're willing to do that.
1: But I will say, I think what you're talking about more is from a state level, right? I mean... This entire, and I don't want to get into it, but the, the whole country is focusing on the things you just mentioned. So I think the school, again, has that trickle-down effect, and we have certain state mandates, what we can teach, what we can't, you know. But
0: let me interrupt you. You have those state mandates because you accept money, you accept grants, and those are the conditions that come with those grants. How about, like, stop accepting some of those grants and being able to discipline? I think the biggest problem in every school system is you can't discipline any kids anymore. I and agree. so they talk about we have to lower the class size because if you have two kids out of control, you can't discipline them. So they want smaller class sizes so it's easier to manage. And all that does is help the teachers' union, which then gets rich off of dues by hiring more teachers. I just want to see more discipline and more basics and less of... There's no reason why any public school kid should be taught about global warming. None. It's not part of the basics of anything. Learn math, learn English, learn science, basic science, life science. But we don't know. Global warming, is a, it's a political hot button that in this country that's very subjective. Some people believe it, some people don't. Some say it's settled science. A lot of people like me say, yeah, well, there's other scientists that say differently. So because of all that, why, we, why do we even bother? Why are we bothering talking about transgender bathrooms? Why are we ta- bother teaching kids about gay marriage? They're kids. Teach them the basics. Teach them math. Teach them English. Teach them science. Teach them, instead of social studies, social studies. How about History. Like, teach them the foundations of... Do you know that most kids graduating from Mathuron High School today think that hate crime should be an exception to the First Amendment? You know why? Because we're not teaching the Constitution in the schools. We're not teaching the basics. Anyways, I'm not running for school. (laughs) That's that's my rant for the day.
1: So my kids are younger. They are learning the basics. And they're learning them in some ways better than I did. I'm not a math person. I never was. Um... And my kids, I know we hear a lot, especially at the school committee meetings about the new Eureka math and all this. And I stopped being able to do math with my my 10-year-old, I think, at the age of six or seven. I couldn't do his math anymore because I just, I could get the right answer. I just couldn't, I didn't understand the process. Now at age 10, he's understanding math on a different level than I ever did. Um, and you know, you talk about Janet Natale, her children are extremely bright, and they went through this system. And she says similar things. She says, you know, the kids are grasping concepts at a higher level when you talk about math. Um, you know, we can't.
0: I'm going to take your word for it, yeah, but I. We can't it's put it all on experience. the teachers
1: either, Tom, because That's I have true. personal feelings about this, right? I also do things with my kids. I know. Again, just speaking about Jana, I know she does too. Mm-hmm. So you know, when when my child at you know a kindergarten level wasn't being challenged in math because it was kindergarten, I went out and I bought him first grade or second grade math books, and I started doing those things with him. You know, the parents have to get interactive
0: as I agree, well. I agree. So, and how frustrating is it that you you know you, your superintendent had like a um, like a an event for parents when she first came on board, like a public. Uh, about type thing. I'm not sure if it was the math thing or what, but no. But it was like one of those you know, get, come get to know the new superintendent. If you have any questions, or, and like five parents showed up with all of the controversy going on, it seems like the parents in Methuen just don't people care. people
1: don't know Tom, and I really really believe that you know we. Well, had, then we need
0: more transparency. We
1: do, but we need more interest. Hmm. You know, we live in a generation where everybody's working around the clock. And it's too bad because, you know, again, it's a hot button for a little bit. And then once they think it's resolved, that's the end of it in people's minds. Right. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, through this election, and those people involved in this election were very keyed into key issues. But, you know, you talk about, and I, I'm not going there, but you talk about the police contract. Mm-hmm. You talk about the $4 million deficit. Then you meet someone on the street who, guess what, doesn't even know who the mayor is. So... I mean, these are some of the people that are going to the voters box, right. you know, right. so how do you make that? I mean, I think this is awesome. What you do. It's super accessible. Uh-huh. No, it's true. And at least people can look at it even after the fact. It's not like you're watching it on TV and you missed it. Right. We have to wait for another airing. You know, they can go on your page and look for them anytime and, and you know, you've got to you watch the
0: show. I do. That's awesome. I
1: do now. I'm gonna watch it. No, I'm just That's kidding. That's fantastic. I, no, and I'll tell you the honest to God truth. I really started paying attention during the election season, and I I really appreciated your debates. Thank you. Um, I wish they were a little bit longer because it I know. was.
0: The, we went so long though, as it was.
1: I know it was the only, and and again, I love MCTV. I love what they do, but it's a different forum,
0: right? And it was all happiness. It was like you can't attack your opponent one minute for an. Alien. Hey, can you please explain War and Peace? You've got one minute. Like, who can do that? You know what I mean. But I mean I get I get what they were doing because they're public it's access. It's just different right. and
1: it's just different. But I liked the free flowing conversation. Again, you know, I I know I was writing in and people probably know that if they were watching it I, I you know, from my seat and and unfortunately with my husband's work schedule and three children, I don't always get to be here live, but um I'm definitely very interested, and I remember writing in saying, well, you know, why isn't this person pushing this more, and keep asking this, or, mm-hmm. you know, yelling at you a couple times, I know. That's good. But, Please
0: yell at me. Well, like listen, that. Well,
1: you kept, listen, you kept bunching us in, and I'm glad you're distinguishing that myself and Janet DiNatale didn't vote for Judy Scannell's um, resignation, because, right. you know, you you did mention a few times the school committee let her retire, the right. school— and, it, well, it was a it majority, wasn't so thing. when I say it that, was the majority, but
0: but every chance that I got, I did distinguish. that you, did. That you and Jana. You did, you
1: did. You it's did. Jana. <laughs> it's Jana.
0: She's even we're playing when we're playing poker, Ed, yeah. and I've got Jana on one side and Jana on the oh. other side, and I just happen to say the wrong name while I'm looking at the other person, and they both yell at the same time. It's Jana. <laughs> So and I will
1: say just briefly, um, you know, she will be gravely missed on the mm-hmm. school committee. Mm-hmm. Uh Janet Di Natale is someone, and, and if they don't know who that name is, she is one of the smartest people I know that has a devotion to the city um and a devotion to the city's well-being like no others that mm-hmm. I've ever met. So
0: if you guys have any questions, we are live on Facebook, we're live on YouTube, we're live on a whole bunch of other platforms. If you have any questions for Jaina Zany, Jaina Zanny Pesci, uh, who's a member of the Methuen School Committee, uh, please feel free to, uh, to jump on my Facebook feed and ask the question. I'll be happy. If it's a good question, I'll ask it. Let's talk about the audit. Talk yes. to me about what's in the audit because most people so, don't know.
1: The most important thing is everyone's heard the number $4 million, right? $4 million deficit. We've had a $4 million deficit. Where does it come from? You ask Anybody? They're going to say SPED.
0: SPED, right. Because um, that's the lie that Judy Scandal told while Nick Chizaglio stood there nodding and, like a...
1: And you know, it's it's not a lie, right? We do have increasing costs. Mm-hmm. But my opinion is you cannot talk about underfunding until you've utilized all the money that you were allocated correctly and appropriately. Right. So be it grant money, you know, uh, reimbursements from Medicaid, it, until you use all of those things you can't talk about underfunding. And what this audit showed is that we didn't utilize all our grant money. So imagine, here we are saying we're underfunded and we're sending back hundreds of thousands of dollars in grant money.
0: Talk about some of those grants. That, that oh, what, don't ask me that right now. I got to okay, look through it. Right, okay. I'll,
1: I'll look while I'm talking. All right. But um, the most important thing here is prior to myself being on the committee, the budget before the cycle that was budgeted for my committee they had cut out 68 positions okay and it says in the in the in the audit ultimately these 68 positions would have saved the district 2.3 million
0: outrageous in fy
1: 2018 that's huge for me. So there were 48 that were filled and 20 that were vacant and they were supposed to be eliminated. But instead of being eliminated for whatever reason that we won't know, cause we didn't do an investigation, right. someone right. Kept those people on the payroll. <clears throat> someone kept paying them someone. And that goes to the whole story again. I know. I don't want to, I know you're dying no, to bring do. that up, but no, that, you know, obviously because when we got this audit, our questioning went immediately to Ian Goslin, right? Because he's the one who's issuing these checks and seeing these payments, and then we found out. I know you wrote a whole story on it. We found out that you know he did toll, uh, tell. He knew. He told.
0: And not only did he know, but then he tried to obfuscate afterwards by by claiming that Ian Gosden was drunk when he came over, so he wasn't sure if he should listen to him and all this other stuff. We found out that was just a lie because they had both just come from a meeting, and Ian Gosden was actually walking in when he said it, not walking out. So
1: listen, I wasn't it. there. I don't know how it was said. I, I don't think anybody does besides those two parties involved.
0: Well, and me because I investigated it.
1: And you because but again, you know, if you weren't at bada bing that night, you know, it's it's
0: a fine sponsor of this program, by the way.
1: <laughs> Great pizza. So um, you know, it's it's tough. My only concern with that was, and and Nick didn't deny it. He didn't. I have to give him some credit for that when we approached him at the meeting, and he did say that he went to the mayor. And let the mayor know. So now you've got the chair and the vice chair of a committee that knows that we're spending money we don't have.
0: And that's when it was only two point something million. Two point three, I believe. Right? Yeah. So had they done something then, it wouldn't have gotten to four million, and you wouldn't have had to borrow money from the state, and we wouldn't even be in a receivership position right now.
1: And and it's it was such a perfect storm of events, right? You got to understand too the way it took place was you had these positions. It wasn't the current committee. It was the previous committee. Now, those people are gone. wasn't mm-hmm. the last mayor. It was, you know, and you've got a new mayor change too. And now you've got the, the changing of the guards, so to speak. So here I am, you know, in my second or third meeting, and I see a deficit of whatever it was at the time. And I'm throwing out arbitrary numbers. I think it was somewhere between two and three million. And, um, you know, you ask the questions, right? Are, are we okay? What is this? And I'll never forget, I received a notice at one of the meetings that said, food for thought. Uh, Superintendent Scannell wanted us to think that, you know, this number was rising, and I'll never forget, she said, but as long as new, you know, students don't come in, and we hold tight, and the circuit breaker comes in at what we think, we will be okay. It's all going to be fine. So now, this is my second or third meeting. How would you take that? You have to take that at face value from someone who's in that position. Mm -hmm. You have to assume that that person knows what they're talking about. Unfortunately... You know, not only was there mismanagement, but there were there were people on the board who knew about this mismanagement. And I can't put it all on Nick. You know, I, I it's, it's
0: I do. anybody
1: I, who knew. And you know what? Maybe there were more people, Tom. But it wasn't we know the entire there were more people. board. But it but wasn't. I, I put it on Nick
0: because he had a decision to make whether he wanted to be a political insider or whether he wanted to serve the taxpayers. And instead of going to the mayor, he should have gone to the public. He should have gone to the Tribune if he wasn't going to come to me. He should have gone to Tim Wood if he wasn't going to go to the Tribune. He should have gone to the to the public, through the press, or at an open meeting and say, this is what I learned and we need to put a stop to it now. And instead, he went to the insider, he went to the to the school committee chairman, he told Mayor Jajuga who did nothing about it, and then Nick sat there and did nothing for the next two meetings while Jim Jajuga said nothing about it. And they continued on and on while this deficit grew i mean m- maybe other people knew and they're partly responsible too but we know for sure he knew and we know for sure the count the, the the chairman of the school committee knew and they sat there and they did nothing and they and that's the reason that it grew i and mean it, i'm wrong about it that, no, but i think and it, that's
1: that's what's most disheartening to me right that's what's most upsetting to me and it's it's a tough position to take and look i've been on you
0: don't want to get her upset either i she's upset it's not good who? You. Oh, me? Yeah, you said it was upsetting. I said we didn't <laughs> want to upset you.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were talking about Judy. That
0: wasn't no.
1: funny either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, you're you're sitting there at the meetings, and it's tough because I- I've been on the losing end of a lot of votes. I just don't have the support there for things I want to do and things that are important to me. And, again, I have kids in the system, so I'm thinking that things that are important to me are probably – important to most of the parents in school. Mm -hmm. And I just can't pass things through. And I'm thinking to myself why it's very unpopular, Tom, you know, when you have Judy there and it was an emotional, emotional meeting when, you know, all this stuff was coming out and she didn't come to the actual session where we voted, but the, the sessions before you have people on the board crying, you have this, you have person after person, after person coming up crying at the podium Right. And there are a lot of people who see that. And again, they get swept up with the emotions. They get swept up the, with the popular vote or the mm-hmm. popular thing to do. And I'll say this, you know, I would never name names. I take it to my grave. But there are people on that board that were not going to vote that way that went with the popular decision. Right. And, you know, it's too bad. They were swayed by emotion. They were swayed by emotion. You know, I'll even throw it out there that one member in particular actually asked if we had to give the same answer that we gave an executive session. Yeah, the, answer
0: yes. so the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Before
1: they took the vote. Yeah. I mean, this is how ridiculous it is, right? And it's tough because, of course, you know, we're, we're all people pleasers. Human nature, we want to people please. But at the end of the day you got to do what you believe you have to go with your gut. And it wasn't emotional for me. And and I'm sorry if it's coming across that way. Again, this isn't a personal vendetta. This isn't a personal thing against Judy Scannell. I only had eight months to even evaluate how she was as a superintendent. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. And you know, it was actually more like six Mm -hmm. because I think that was when it all started and everything. So it's, it's not personal. It was a matter of, you know, a black and white issue she didn't have the certification. In her contract, it read that it should have been termed. And what frustrates me most is some of the, the, the people on the board who voted for her, her um, resignation, you know, they kept blaming it on the attorney. They blamed it on the attorney. Well, the attorney said it was going to cost us hundreds of thousands, I've heard. Yeah. Okay, no. First of all, I don't even know where that number came from. And second of all, if the attorney told us that, how is it that the only two attorneys on the Sitting board—, on the board voted, voted no. right yeah. so i mean wouldn't i take my brother's opinion right. and you know i'm going to defer to that this is not my area of law whatsoever right. i'm not pretending that to was just scapegoating
0: on the part of of nick disargo nick and uh and dj deeb who did not want to take responsibility for their vote now i sat on a school committee in lawrence for three years i remember going into executive session and asking the attorneys what they thought and they gave their opinion and i would say to them but that's your legal opinion right They'd say yes. So it's an opinion, right? Yes. Okay, well, I don't agree with that opinion. I'm still voting no. And I would get the crap beat out of me by everybody at the table when I took my vote. But you know what? They're, they're attorneys that work for the superintendent. Even though this technically on paper, they work for the school, school committee, we know who they answer to every day. We know who signs their paycheck every day. And they're going to give you the opinion that the superintendent wants to give you. And, I, and I've never regretted one of my votes never, never once.
1: But you're smart enough to, d- to, defer between the two too, right? So there's a legal opinion and then there's law. Mm-hmm. So some things it's like, Hey, can we do this? And the answer is either yes or no. Right. And then there are things like you said, it's an interpretation, you know, it's, it's a legal opinion. Right. Um, and people don't understand that all the time. I know, you know, uh, legalese can sometimes be difficult for people, but, uh, I personally think Mike McCarrow does a very good job of explaining it in layman's terms. And for me, again, it was a black and white issue. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked.
0: Mm-hmm. You um, have that audit in front of you. Can we talk a little bit more about what's in it? Because I think this is the first time anybody has talked about this publicly, and I think it'd be a great way to educate the public.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, if those, you don't mind, no, but those those are the big things, right? The big thing is that the four million was not entirely spent, and
0: the and the that's rest the and the rest thing. of that money went where?
1: The rest of them. It was mostly. It was most well. There was some sped, and I'm right. not gonna. I'm not gonna. It was like
0: 1.9 million, maybe if I'm remembering right. It is.
1: Uh, I don't have that number right
0: All here. Right. Uh, but it was a, It was it, even if we give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's at least half. That's two million dollars. It was not special. Where would that money go? Is that is that her filling those so positions? That's,
1: that's the filling positions. And remember, when you talk about sped, what's most upsetting too? And I should flip through to see if I can find it. But what's most upsetting too is that those grant money that would have helped with SPED. Mm-hmm. That was, that was more money that we had accessible to us. And you know, let's not forget that the board and the superintendent accepted the, and if you watch the, when the actual budget before I got them was accepted, they said they could live with that budget. So they knew the necessary cuts that needed to be made. The, the whole previous administration, the superintendent and her staff, they knew what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. They just didn't
0: do it. Why, when when a school system like yours runs into financial Difficulties of any kind. Why is it that the school committee and the superintendent immediately go to let's cut things that are going to really hurt the kids?
1: Because that's how you get momentum, right? That's how you get the emotions of the
0: people. And so that's it, what
1: I'm saying about the scare tactic. Right. Right.
0: You, she could have cut mid level administrators, nobody would have noticed, but instead she said, let's cut noticed. the music program, yep. which made all the kids show up at a meeting and start crying, yep. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's it a it was a scare
0: tactic. Right. So it was all smoke and mirrors from the, and yet the school, yet the city council turned around, took $1.8 million from the police budget. But then gave more money to the schools, and the police budget was funded. The schools were overspending, and they gave the schools more money. See, if I had my way, I would cut the schools by forty percent.
1: But then, where do you? But then, where do you take away from? Right, we got to get all those mid-level control.
0: administrators that that are that are pushing paper all day. Get rid of all of them. Put one person in charge of doing all that paperwork, and then take that money and put it into the actual schools, in the, into the classrooms.
1: And I will say, pay
0: teachers more. I'm all for it. But why are we spending $100,000, $200,000 on mid-level administrators that are literally just pushing paper all day?
1: And I will say this. Um, when we were presented with this budget, uh, and people have their doubts about Dr. Kwong. I know she's still in a, in a position where she's got to prove herself. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's a tough crowd. Methuen's a tough crowd. I was so pleasantly surprised. And, you know, people probably don't even remember our budgeting process because it went so smoothly. Mm -hmm. There weren't any scare tactics. It was more transparent than other budgets that I've seen. And I really appreciate that from her. Um, I I liked going through a budget process without all the chaos of threatening teachers and the arts and, you know, children's resources. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a, that was a big thing for me um, at her first time you know, going through this budget as the lead.
0: Was it line by line, like the school like the city council did?
1: It was. I'd like to see it a little more descriptive, and we did say that. Um, mm-hmm. I would like we we didn't go line by line by line, but the way it was broken down was. Better, but again, I'd like to see it Even right. more broken down my first We're meeting, working towards that
0: My first meeting as a member of the Lawrence School Committee uh, They started talking, because it was January, so they started talking about proposed budgets And I said, how many pencils did we buy last year? And everybody's scratching their head going well, Why is he asking that? Because if I can't look at a budget And know how many pencils we bought last year And how much we spent on pencils, then we're doing it wrong I want to see where is the actual money going Physically, where is it actually going I want to know how many paper clips, how much did we pay for them Who did we buy them from, who was the vendor And so when I saw the city Council under Jen Canan who did a great job going through their budget line by line, and they went through every line. I mean, they were they were they were counting pencils over on that side, and then the schools present their budget, and there's no line by line accounting even though the schools are more than 50% of the city budget, I'm like, well, why did the city council go through all that now? Like, what, what was the point of them doing it for 45% of the budget when 55% of the budget is not being accounted for at all line by line?
1: And it's tough, right? I mean, definitely part of me, I'd love to rip that Band-Aid off too, but um, it, it's 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 a process. And, you know, it sounds a little um, discouraging, but it is baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, if we've, got, we've gotten this far, and now I have another two years to go a little bit further um, you know, residency has been a big thing for me um, Yeah, let's
0: talk about that a little bit Jane Dina Talley, two years ago and I, have to, and I have to blame your dad a little bit, I'm sorry He and I had words over this once um, She put up on Facebook A Survey Monkey uh, Survey is a, a website where you can ask <laughs> uh, Poll questions and ask people information About a particular topic And she wanted to know what people thought about Residency in Methuen, kids from Lawrence Or Salem, New Hampshire, or other places Coming into Methuen and attending the Methuen schools and for that, Judy Scannell called for an immediate executive session at the next meeting and said it was supposed to be for litigation. And they went into the back room afterwards, and there was no discussion of litigation. Instead, it was five members of the school committee pickpiling on Jane Tally and screaming at her for daring to make the school system look bad as if she worked for them. And so now here we are a year and a half later, and we still don't know.
1: So we I still don't know. I will say this, um, not to rush to the defense of my dad, but Jana herself has said that he had no idea. He was mm-hmm. actually the only one that was her ally in that meeting.
0: Well, that's
2: good to and know. And he kept,
1: and you can talk to her about it, yeah. but um she has she has told me that, and I think she's come out and even said that, that he was as shocked as she was. And he kept kind of saying, Well, why are we talking about this? Let's go back to right. and he didn't get that the meeting really wasn't about that because again, he's of the old school mentality that you do what you say. Right. You do what you say you're right. going to do.
0: Judy should have been fired for that alone. She called for an illegal executive session. And forgetting all of the other stuff, just for calling an illegal executive session, making it look like it was litigation, and then turning around and making it a, a personal pickpile on, on any member of the school committee, should have been fired for that alone. I mean, if, I, if I'm sitting on a school committee and I watch that happen, whether I'm involved or not, I'm making the motion.
1: But people are in denial, Tom. Yeah. I really, really feel that. And, you know, one of the reasons... I got involved with the school committee was I did feel like we had a residency issue and we're finally making some strides. How, because, How are you guys doing that? Well, because we're automated now, right? As you put things into a computer system, things get flagged that were never flagged before. We're going from a, a old school filing system of boxes, literal boxes where the files were stored to an automated system that will flag when there are 10 children at one residence, right. five children at another, all with different names, right? So- We're making strides. The problem is we're only, I think, two years or three years into that. So what do we do about the other grades? So now, um, a few months back, with some resistance, uh, we did decide to implement as a board um, to do a full residency check starting with the 10th grade. And we've started to do that. Um, Ed Lucier did give us an update at our last meeting. And um, they're they're going through, and I think we're going to find, you know, I get... it's tough because you know, you hear people like Bob Vogler who has served for a very long time and I'm not putting words in his mouth. You can watch many, many meetings. People move to Methuen for our schools. They're not. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can agree to disagree on that one, Bob and I, but I don't believe that. I see our top tier student population going to the private schools and going elsewhere. Families moving because we have such poor ratings and I, I'm not saying that that's any indication of the quality of education we have here, because again... Well, it kind,
0: kind of is. It
1: is on the broad scope, mm-hmm. but it isn't on a one-to-one, because again, I, honest to God, I work with these teachers, and they are phenomenal. The teachers my children have had, the teachers I've had experiences with, have gone above and beyond, like like... I can't imagine, I would say it would rival any school system that I can imagine. Um, But on a whole, there's a problem. And until we acknowledge what that problem is, and maybe that problem goes to residency. Maybe it is. You know, we do do border cities that our schools are better than, Mm -hmm. right? Haverhill, Lawrence, Salem. You know, maybe we're ranked better than those school systems. So maybe we're getting those kids in. Maybe we're not. I just want to know one way or the other, and every time I bring it up, I'm always met with a oh it's not as many as you think right, yeah, oh it's not yeah. and, and I've heard that from everybody all right. around, and I just well how do I they know if we it?
0: don't know the number that's what's funny is they they don't want to look and see what the number is. While they're telling you that it's not as big as you think well, That's kind of like the immigration thing that we hear on the national level We don't know how many illegal aliens are here But the Democrats are constantly telling us that it's not really all that big But
1: it's in the process too, Tom right. And that's why, you know, we set up the residency subcommittee that I was part of And I'd like to reestablish it Because I feel like we might still have a need for it going forward um, When the new board takes, takes um, office in January I'm
0: excited for the new board
1: I am too. We're gonna have have a couple parents too. So that's that's cool. And some new blood.
0: Can I bring up a pet peeve of mine since I sat on a school committee? It was my pet peeve then and nobody listened. It's been my pet peeve ever since and still nobody listens.
1: I might not listen. School
0: systems uh, Methuen, Lawrence, Andover, whatever They send teachers for Professional development mm-hmm. And they send administrators for professional development And we pay for it And they go to these professional development things And they're not learning History teachers are not learning new facts that were found in history Math teachers are not being taught New ways uh, uh, new, new, new math methods um Science teachers are not being taught new science methods they're going in and they're learning different teaching techniques they're they're learning all the inside stuff of how to climb the ladder in 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 the education system and then when they get that additional education, we then pay them more because they're more educated, right? So they go up a step in their pay. So we've paid them to educate them more, but not about classroom stuff that that the students can benefit from, but so that they can climb the ladder and become administrators, they can get more money. And then once we've educated them, many of these people then take that education, go somewhere else and make a ton more money. And so what I'd like to see is I'd like to see school committees around the Merrimack Valley start to mandate that if teachers and administrators are going to go to professional development and we're going to pay for it with our tax money, that they'd be learning subject matter. I mean, we're unearthing new things all the time about things that we thought in history, and then we find out that maybe it was a little bit different. And... and, and allowing these teachers to learn new things that they can then teach their kids in the classroom, not learning, you know, the the new teaching methods and all this other stuff behind the scenes. Does that make sense to you? Yeah.
1: I don't think all the professional development is what you say. Um, And I think it's funny last meeting, actually, we moved some money for professional development and we had, I was
0: screaming at the TV. Well,
1: we kind of had a conversation about this, right? Right. So I think going forward um, I agree with you and I, I, I'm hoping that Dr. McGee that we brought in, um, you know, I spent eight hours or six hours in his school district, hearing about the things he could do and having him as, um, assistant superintendent, I think is very good for Methuen. He had a lot of ideas that went right to that. Um, and he implemented those in the Bedford, New Hampshire school system. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping to see more of what he can do in Methuen, helping Brandy along, um, and not helping in the means that she needs help, but helping with an outsider perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he was very good at bringing that new material in and bringing new things. And, you know, sometimes it is the way you teach it. If if the material isn't changing, but it depends how these classes are being implemented. We have to look, and I agree with you, very carefully at how they're laid out. And the other thing we talked about at our meeting was we have to make sure that the teachers can actually get to it and it's it's well-received by the teachers. Right. So um, I, I agree with you in one sense, but I, I think that moving forward, I I think we're going to have a broader scope on those sort of professional development.
0: My second pet peeve is discipline, because teachers cannot discipline kids anymore in the classroom. Nope. And I I don't care what the state says, and I don't care what the federal government says, the local school committees have the most control when it comes to discipline. And I would like to see the local school committees – Reining in superintendents who have these pie-in-the-sky liberal ideas about it, about discipline. Oh, well, he had a tough childhood. He has a tough home life. Screw him. If the kid hits another kid in class, if the kid's speaking out in class, if the kid is swearing at teachers, he needs to be removed. And when you don't remove him, what happens is the teachers' unions then say, well, since we can't remove these kids that are problems, we need smaller class sizes, which means you have to hire more teachers, which means the teachers' union gets more rich because they have more dues coming in. And I see this perpetual where the unions are cre- a controlling curriculum and con- controlling discipline policies, and school communities are throwing their hands up, going, "Yeah, this is too hard for us," so they just allow it to happen.
1: And I think it's a, I think it's a whole bunch of factors that you just touched on, right? That that creates this whole discipline problem. Um, I agree with you, and I think that's a, why a lot of parents maybe switch schools or go to private schools as well, um, and, and not even Methuen, any public school to right. a private, right? You don't have those discipline issues. Um, unfortunately, you know no child left behind, right? We have to educate every child. Right. Um, and, and that's a really tough realization. Now, there might be things on a disciplinary, a disciplinary level that are going on behind the scenes that you can't see maybe as a parent or um, you know, as an outsider that we're trying to do this through the court or that, but that all takes time too. And what happens right. to that child while we're going through this process? They're still in school. But we're
0: focusing focusing on the kid that's being bad, and what we're not doing is we're not removing him from the classroom because we feel bad about his childhood, but what we're not doing is focusing on the kid that isn't misbehaving, Mm -hmm. who actually is not being able to be educated because there's disruption in the classroom.
1: Yeah, and that's a big problem for me. When you have children who are misbehaving that are getting rewarded right? You didn't misbehave today. So you get to, you know, do this or that. What about the other kids? And, you know, I've said this at a lot of meetings. I really am concerned. And this isn't just for Methuen. In almost every school system I look at, I'm really concerned for the higher level achiever kids and the average student, because all of our focuses are on those disciplined ch- children mm-hmm. the kids with extra needs the kids with you know and every kid every kid these. has
0: special needs today i mean if, if the kid has a bad day we're classifying the kid has special needs
1: that's a whole other issue that i'm right. not even going to get into <laughs> right. um but you know what about those students who fit in the average range mm-hmm. or those students who are above average i know when i went to school we had a ton of advanced classes i'm not talking about ap in high school i'm talking about elementary school You know, advanced placement, I think it was LEAP at the time, you know, just there were enriched classes for those academically oriented kids. We don't have any of those now, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's, there's there's a lot of room, there's a lot of movement. When we look at MCAS scores, when we look at um, school rankings, there's movement there, not only in the lower 25%, and certainly keep focused on those, but there's movement in that average student. There's movement in that top student, maybe even more so because they have the capability. They just need the challenge. So, I mean, I personally would like to see more programs focused on those kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not always the lower... You know, the, it's always the, the lower 25% of students. You know, how do we get them up? How do we get them up? Well, what about the average student, right, that's going along, that can be challenged, that maybe can accomplish even greater things if right. they had this opportunity? I
0: always feel bad whenever I hear from a teacher or a paraprofessional or even a parent who, who talks about the horrible uh, discipline problem in their kids' classroom or in their classroom. And, and you know, they've got two or three kids that are just totally disruptive all the time, and they can't suspend them, and they can't throw them out, and they can't expel them, but they're coming in, and, they're, and they then become inspiration for other kids to behave badly because they see that there's no cause and effect. There is no real punishment anymore in in any of our schools for just about anything. I mean, unless a kid threatens to shoot up a school or do something really egregious, especially under Judy's scandal, everything was swept under the rug. But I don't want to just focus on Judy because it's everywhere. It's Lawrence, it's Andover, it's North Andover in my hometown, um, where there's just no discipline anymore.
1: And I will say, you know, I feel like if people are thinking that maybe they're hearing more of more incidents under Dr. Kwong, that's almost a good thing, right? I agree with that. because you're hearing about more of them. It's not that they weren't there before. It was
0: just being swept under the rug last time. It's that we're
1: actually hearing about them now, which is, which is the first step in actually dealing with them. So that's, that's, I could think a, a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's the first thing, but it's tough because like I said, your your hands are bound in some ways. And then you've got the teachers who really can't do anything. I mean, I remember growing up again, my teachers would tell me, or, or I would hear them tell other students, you know, if they were disappointed in you or not doing that. You know, in some ways they were they were like another parent, you know, and they could do those things and they'd hug you and they'd they they I loved my teachers growing up. And now it's more of a it, and not everywhere, but it's you know it's it's a more distant relationship, and the teachers are so scared about ramifications, mm-hmm. and and discipline's a really tough one because you've got these kids, um, who, who so to speak think they know their rights, right? Right. So it, it creates this this atmosphere. Throw the hell
0: out of the classroom, and you say that's your right. Your right is to go into a <coughs> into a. Um, uh, what, what did we call it when I was a kid? I was Reform always in school. Uh, no, no, oh, but, but it was like a, like a what full day
1: standing d- against the wall. Well, we yeah. don't do that anymore.
0: You remove if you get a behavioral kid who's a problem, you remove him and it's in in house detention. Mm-hmm. And I would go to Mr. Daggett's office and I would have to sit in in house detention. And my teachers would send a kid down with the book with the assignment that I had to do because I couldn't do it in the classroom because I was disrupting the classroom, but I did it in house detention with the other ten bad kids that were thrown out of class that day. And there would be one teacher there to make sure. And if we even breathed the wrong way, it was out of school school suspension. It was, you know, you're out. And now today it's, it's, you know, the kids are swearing at the teachers and fighting in the classroom and the teachers can't do anything and about it. And that comes
1: from the top down, Tom, right. too. Right. Well, you're you the know? top.
0: That's why we have no, you here.
1: I'm talking about even, even higher, right? I mean, it, there are so many laws in place now. There are so many things that when we were younger, just weren't there. Mm-hmm. We, the teachers had more um, more rights. They had more flexibility. They had more interactions that they could do with the kids. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough now, you know, and that's a larger issue. But again, I think the first step, again, in knowing these things are occurring, let's look at how we deal it you know, with A, mm-hmm. and then maybe if we deal with A correctly, it'll trickle down and B will be prevented because you have to start it at an elementary level. If these things go unscathed, you know, all through eighth grade, now they're a high school student. Right. Now, you know, it becomes catastrophic and then we get these budget budgets that we need to see all these other... Um, you know uh, Counselors and, and psychologists And all this stuff Well let's stop now Get the psychologists Out of
0: the schools That's half the problem But
1: let's let's start this Before let's, let's get them Before Let's get them On the right road Before it even Gets to right. that level Right Let's find Let's find the root Of the problem And steer them In the right direction Before it even Goes that far
2: Tom can I get a question Oh in? you certainly can So uh, when I was On the finance committee In my town It seemed to me The big challenge In getting programs For advanced students Is those are not mandated Mm -hmm. sped is mandated Mm -hmm. and you cannot control the cost so it seemed like you know you're eating the budget with sped money with no way to control that so you've got to cut elsewhere if your budget is flat
1: and i think i think again getting our budget under control with things like residency if we can save money with that (laughs) with things like utilizing all of our grant funding and keeping tabs every meeting asking this deficit number is this really mm. the circuit breaker? We actually had to ask uh, Maggie Dupre too. That you know, is this? Do you agree with this? Because our trust is really shaken, and it should be, and it is. Right, you know, and I'm but hoping-
0: even if it's not, even if even if the scandal thing hadn't happened. School board members still need to be asking those questions whether people were insulted by them or not because you need to have backup upon backup upon backup because sometimes maybe the maybe the superintendent or the assistant superintendent misses something. And you want to ask, you know, your business manager, you want to ask your auditor, you want to ask your accountant, whatever it is, is that right? Is that true? Is that accurate? Because yeah. that, we
2: that was asking. always what you heard, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime the school committee came to us with a request for more money, well, it sped. Right. Well, You don't give them more money unless they show you the details of what they're spending. But it seemed like that was the common one. It's always spent.
1: Yeah, and this is a big thing for me too because some of the out of district placement, um, the money spent is more than I've ever seen. Not to say that these kids don't need it, but you know, uh, a few meetings ago, and I don't remember just when, but uh, uh, Dr. Kwong had positioned, uh, had put forth a position that moved. Some of that out-of-district placement, there were like three kids. So she made an in-house position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said at that meeting, this is great. Because if these kids need out-of-district, at what point... Does it become something that you look... Let's bring it in-house. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's one child, if it's upwards of half a million dollars, and, and 300,000, let's, let's get them in-house. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're telling me we can't hire someone full-time? <laughs> and maybe it would be better for the student not having that long transportation or what have you and actually getting, you know, around-the-clock needs fulfilled right in our district.
2: And some of the transportation costs Outrageous. are mind out-
1: I can't even figure out... I can't even figure out what they're doing. I mean again, in my profession I see, you know, ambulance bills all the time. Yeah. Life support, different things they do that doesn't even rival those. <laughs> no. I mean, it's so it, it 10 times more than those. You know, it's it's like nothing I've ever seen. And if you ever <laughs> watch my face, sometimes if I'm reviewing a warrant during a school committee meeting, you'll see my chin drop. And yeah. that's usually where it's and dropping. Like, know, how is that?
2: Yeah. And I don't argue with the need to provide the services, but at what cost? Right. And it seems like you're not allowed to even challenge some of these transportation yeah. costs right. and they're absurd.
1: And is that the best thing for the kid too? Right. Right. Um, is if this if this child needs such um, extensive transportation, maybe it's better that they don't have to go so far. Right. You know, maybe it's better for the student.
0: Right. Um, I have a political question for you.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so you are so incredibly smart. You're so incredibly beautiful. You're so imp- incredibly plugged into the community and into what's going on in Methuen. Did you ever run for mayor? Because I could <laughs> see a mayor Zanny Pesci. I really could.
1: Um, my kids are really little now. I will never say never. Um, like I said in the beginning, I am so wholeheartedly vested in this community that if it were something I felt like I needed to do and wanted to do, yeah, why not? Yeah. Right? I'm not I'm not saying no.
2: All right, good on our list. It's
1: not it's not in the immediate horizon okay. at all. But um, and yeah.
2: will will you give an update on paying attention yeah, yeah, if you, you become the mayor? Right, yeah. This is getting... gonna
1: be a long way down. Like, well, that's yeah, okay, we're
2: getting you now.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And again, I think this is awesome because People, and even more so than the last mayoral race, people were more tuned in on social media and it gains momentum. And, um, I think it's, I, I think it's awesome. And I think this free flowing dialogue is so important and it always blows my mind too, because school committee isn't a coveted race. Even if we had seven or eight people running for those spots, it's still not, you know, people don't see it is the same way as, you know, a counselor or mm-hmm. a mayor race. And it's so important. It's
0: more important.
1: If you don't have kids in the school, guess what? Still impacting your tax base. Right, sure. You now, if you do have kids in the school system, guess what? It's affecting your child.
0: Where were the parents? Where were the parents during this election? I expected... The minute, you guys fight, the minute you guys let Judy Scannell, not you, but this, your, your committee let Judy Scannell walk away, I sat back and thought, you know what? There's going to be 20 people running for school committee. This is going to be fun. And you had five people running for six spots. It was disgraceful. Do you know
1: what else, Tom? At that meeting, all those people that I mentioned that spoke on behalf of Judy Scannell, one after another, after another, after another, I don't think there was one parent against it. Um, and that says to me that, listen, Methuen is a working class community. So we get together and we come together with things that are really, really important with us. Like when we thought we were going to cut the arts and when we thought that, um, we were going to lay off teachers. But at the end of the day, I don't think people understood why we were put in that position because nobody was there. So as soon as the money was given to us, it was like, okay, crisis averted right, and yeah. go back to your regular. Nothing regulation. to see him move along. Nothing to see. And I don't even think Judy Skinnell, as much as we've been talking about, as much as you drove it home at every debate you had with everybody I saw... Um, I still think people don't really know. And like I said, the average person, if I ask, it was still sped. Right. Oh, too bad. Right. Or we were underfunded.
0: People still think that the city council borrowed $4 million because of the police. And they yeah. don't realize that, it, that the police budget was funded. Regardless of what, yeah. what you think about the superior officer's contract, it was funded. The schools were the reason why we had to borrow money because she, because she mismanaged the money.
1: Yeah. Hey, newsflash. Some people... Don't even know there was an issue with the police contract. Oh. <laughs>
0: it's, <laughs> it's, I'm not joking. Listen, we lose we lose our democracy at the local level when these th- when these things start to happen. We do, and that's why I asked if you'd be interested in running for me because I'm always looking into the future, thinking there's so few people on the farm team that are capable of handling those kinds of jobs that when I see someone who is. I, I want to put that thought in their head that maybe someday there's going to be an opening for mayor, for city council, that they're going to want to step up and do it because there's so many incompetent people in those positions. But
1: it's tough too, Tom, and, and this is a real hot topic, but the salary that we have allocated for mayor right now, you're not going to get, a, a. and I shouldn't say that because we've been lucky with who we've got, but it's a different well, up, type up of until, person. You
0: know, it's it's right. a different, it's
1: different it. type of person. But again, he was retired, right? So it's a different person who's going to take that position mm-hmm. because you really have to look like I have young kids. I couldn't afford to be mayor right now. Right. I couldn't. Right. And you know, some people it think, make
0: like 80 grand. It's
1: eight, I think 80, 80,000, maybe 82, uh-huh. something like that. And yeah. people say, Oh, that's too much. But guess what? The teachers, and I'm not you know, saying they don't deserve it, but the teachers make more. Um, different department heads, I think almost every department head, principals, they sure. all make more than the chief executive and, of right, the city.
2: Right, right. And if it's, you go into private industry and just shouldn't look be that at way. somebody who manages a budget of that size, they're not making 80 and they're no. not making 160. They're making more than that. Yep. Right.
1: Yep. I mean, Judy Scannell... Right, was making I think it was like a hundred and sixty thousand or something, and all we heard was how underpaid she was.
0: Right, you know, and and the mayor's getting eighty,
1: and the mayor's getting eighty. Right, I, it just it it blows my mind. And I'm
0: all for increasing the pay of the mayor. The pay of the mayor should be at least double what it is. But on the other end, there's an awful lot of people who are mid-level managers in the schools and on the city side who are making way too much money. I mean, we talk about how they're making this much money. And the mayor's making this much money. And I agree, the mayor needs to be paid more. But some of these people need to be paid a lot less, too. Yeah. I mean, some of those salaries are way overinflated.
1: Yeah. And you really have to look at them, too. And I will say, just to just to give props to Dr. Kwong one more time, because I know she's, you know, a lot of people are still feeling her out. Mm. When she presented us with her contract, it was the most transparent contract that I've ever seen go before me. That's great. There were no hidden costs. Everything was laid out. The cost of her salary did not include any extras. And that's been you know, the hot topic for this entire election, I think, right? What are the extras? A contract presented is one thing, and I'm not just talking about the police. I'm talking about school side, fire, everything. The contract is presented as one number, but then guess what? You have everything else. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I want to see, and you know, we talk about the private sector, same thing, put it out on the table. What are you making? Roll everything into that number so that you can actually work with real numbers. So someone making more, they might actually be making less than someone showing less because they're getting more ancillary benefits. Right. So you you well, it's
0: insurance or other kind of stuff you're saying. And
1: insurance, unfortunately, no, not only that. I'm talking about you know steps, lanes, um, education bills, um, you know, just different. Garment, what's the word?
0: Are you like uniform? Uniform,
1: thank you. Uniform allotments. Um, you know, just every I can I'm just trying to think like every category has right. some of those ancillary benefits. Vacation right.
0: buybacks anything, and, right? right?
1: Longevity, which thank God, every contract that we have approved has not had longevity in it Good. going forward. Good. And I know you give you give DJ a hard time, but I that's do. his big thing. He has made sure that was well, it no DJ I think DJ longevity. would have been a
0: great city councilor and probably would have won. If he wasn't obsessed with his hatred for Joe Solomon and the police And had he just come in with a neutral attitude and said Look, if we find something bad about Joe Solomon I'm going to go after him But if we don't, I'm going to just do my job and do other stuff I think he probably would have won
1: Yeah, I'm not going there
0: Yeah, very good <laughs> You are you are listening, if you're on Podbean If you're on Spreaker, if you're on Stitcher Or any of those others you're listening uh, To the Paying Attention podcast If you're watching us on Uh, Facebook or YouTube or or Streamer or whatever those other ones Are Uh, you are watching the paying attention Podcast hi it's up two guys smoke shop Here at the studio 21 podcast Cafe we want to thank Nina at climate Designs systems who is a a Sponsor of this program and Every other program that we've been doing for like The last six months and she's going to be coming back In January too so we appreciate them Climate design systems if you have a problem With your heating system or uh, HVAC situation you want to give them A call we love them Uh, they help us do what we do, because it's very expensive to rent the time, and of course, Ed makes like 000, a million oh, five a year, yeah. so we got to pay for this. Well, way his, more than a mayor. <laughs> <laughs> right? Way I'll more than the mayor. 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 Jaina Zaney Pesci, thank you so much for coming on the program today. I think it was very educational. Will you come back and bring some people from the school system Absolutely. next time? Absolutely. Maybe even Jaina De Natale, you can get her on. I would love that. It's impossible to get her in you'll front be, of a camera, You'll be though.
1: very confused the entire time we sit here, but <laughs> I will try.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Dave Garaffalo, Everybody who sponsors the show, everybody who's watching and listening we'll see you next week on paying attention melvin's table said go home so you got to go home already the views and opinions expressed by the hosts guests or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the studio 21 podcast cafe the united podcast network its partners or affiliates